for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So we're going to be talking to somebody I really love and admire who's influenced my thinking. And before I do that, before I introduce Janet McHenry, I'm going to just say a big thank you to Home Instead Senior Care. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable, and they're hiring right now, I happen to know here locally. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And along with Home Instead, I just want to encourage you, if you are caretaking or have an aging parent or, or maybe you've had surgery yourself and your kids live far away, please take care of yourself. Don't just take care of everyone else. Make sure you take care of yourself, too. And on that note, I want to welcome you, Janet McHenry, to the show. Thank you, Kathy. It's really great to be with you. Well, I love it that you're here. And you mentioned in the last... Okay, so I want people to know we did an episode that includes a lot of your story. And some of the... I would call it a spiritual attack, but it wasn't... It was. It happened in the courthouse. Some of the story of the struggles you faced with injustice. And that... I think we're going to call that the not-so-normal life of prayer-walking Janet McHenry. <laughs> so if you want to know... I know. If you want to know more about Janet or her bio... like. I, I've mentioned the, all the books you've written. I went into all that on the other show. I don't want to take up time with that because this is the show now where you share your wisdom. And I have specific questions for you because you're one of my personal heroes. So I want to talk a little bit about how condemnation divides us in our families, in our churches, in our communities. And I think you're going to you're really going to offer some good insight because of all the time you've spent with the Lord on that. Before I do that, though, I'm reading... I want to send you to Janet McHenry, that's Janet, M-C-H-E-N-R-Y dot com, and look for her bookstore because her books are on sale there, and they're cheaper there than other some other places. She gives you a little discount if you go buy them from her, and her. I'm reading The Complete Guide to the Prayers of Jesus, and I'm going to just tell you, Janet can write. You will not be disappointed. A prayer book might sound boring to some people, but let me just tell you, you will not think about Jesus and his praying ever again after reading this book the same way because she knows how to write in a way that makes it, does it make it fiction? Like, you know how fiction sounds and feels fun to read? She knows how to make prayer that way. <laughs> so, I know. Uh, this, you're welcome. I was so excited when I started reading the book. I was like, oh, my gosh, I knew she could write, but this is amazing. Okay, I want to just read the chapters, and then I'm going to let you talk. This is, this is I'm actually hogging the microphone, but I want people to know. Here's the table of contents for this book. 
Jesus, Jesus listened to prayer. Jesus's prayer in the face of temptation. Jesus's prayer for daily needs. Jesus's prayer of praise. Jesus's prayer of thanksgiving. Jesus's prayer in trouble. Jesus's prayer for himself. Jesus's prayer for his friends. Jesus's prayer for the church. Jesus's prayer over critical decisions. Jesus's prayer for forgiveness. Jesus's prayer in abandonment. That one really spoke to me. Jesus's prayer of submission. I hate to admit it, but I have to read that one twice. Jesus's prayer of blessing. <laughs> so, I mean, is there any chapter that somebody doesn't need? We all need those. So thank you for writing that book. Well, years ago, as I began prayer walking in my little community here in the Sierras, um, I realized I wanted to learn more about prayer. And I, this hunger developed in me, and I began reading my Bible straight through, marking all those places with a P, with a P in a circle that related to prayer. And I particularly began to focus on Jesus' prayer life, you know, what he taught about prayer, his prayer practices, and his prayers themselves, and even how he continues to pray for us today. Mm. So uh, I looked for a book that basically summarized his prayer life and so forth and his teachings on prayer and didn't find one. And so that's why I wrote this book. And uh, I think it's a good reference point for pastors and others who want to kind of have everything all in one place. But I tried to write it in such a way that it's not... Uh, theological, it's too heady, it's too abstract, but uh, more like a conversation with your friend in the next chair. Listen, the way you put flesh on Jesus and, and just describing the setting and how he left the disciples to go out and pray by himself, and then you describe the place where it happened. I guess you've been to Israel. I don't know how you could describe that otherwise. Um, I, have been, I, I have been to <laughs> I just felt like I was there myself, and honestly, I've never... I'm not much of a travel. I mean, I've traveled tons, but I've gotten to the point where I'd just rather be home. I love home so much. But when, after I read your book, I was like, okay, I guess Dave and I really do need to go to Israel. People have told us that our whole lives, and maybe they're right. I, I just, you put so much good flesh to the picture that I thought, I bet I need to go there and see it for myself. So thank you for that. That was that was just one, another thing that came out of reading your delicious, delightful book. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about so many things, but one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about, because we broached on injustice in the last show, and I know you've learned a ton about that, and I personally have been trying to come to terms with things that divide or unite families and then also communities, and I've been noticing how condemnation and judgmentalness really divides communities, and I, I, so I'm curious to get your input on some of those topics. Do you have any thoughts you'd like to share, like what you've learned about injustice? Well, as we look at the life of Jesus, I think that we can see that certainly he was condemned for something that he did not do, um, and that as we kind of examine what he did from that point of conviction and then how he lived his life out in such a way as an example and an inspiration to us. You know, and even as we look at, for example, the Gethsemane prayers, uh, Father, take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Uh, yeah. That prayer where he's, he's giving himself over to the Father. And then we have three prayers from the cross itself where he prays first, 
first he prays, his very first prayer is a prayer of forgiveness. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In Luke 23, 34, he prays forgiveness first. And so I love that. Later, like crying for inj- about the injustices in our lives and certainly the, the false conviction, the wrong conviction that my husband experienced. And uh, we had to say, Father, we still trust you for this situation. And we forgive those people, even though they are not repentant yet. And they are in your hands, and we trust you for the situation. And then you know the what second I, prayer. I, I, what I love about that, they know not what they do. I think right. we see that so much with people who are wounded. You know, they. I've had people on the show even say, hurt people hurt people, right? That little trite kind of phrase. But it right. is true that usually when we hurt each other, it's out of our woundedness, out of our fear, especially among believers. And so I love that. They know not what they do. I think the older I get, the more I love that prayer. I just, Lord, sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. Can't, can't I drum up some compassion for this other person? You know, can I be, can I be like you in that? And that uh, Jesus, you know, for whom was he actually praying? Certainly the soldiers who were then dividing his clothes, the soldiers who had nailed them to the cross, mm. certainly then. But how about Pontius Pilate? How, you know, how about mm. those who actually brought about the conviction? How about, whoa, how about maybe even the disciples who were not showing up and standing up for him mm. and not speak a word? And in fact, even denied him. Father, forgive oh, them for they know not what they do. Even my friends who didn't come to my defense. You know, yeah. so we, we have a responsibility of forgiveness because that is the key of Christianity, forgiveness. That is not, that is not something that's taught in other re- religions and other faiths. And we can make a difference for, for humanity and for eternity if we, in fact, forgive relentlessly. Just forgive oh my relentlessly. You know, I love that. I mean, I'm a doormat. But that means that I'm putting the situation in God's hand and allowing him to be the judge and him to be the victor in the situation, but also in my life personally as a testimony. I love that. I'm, I'm really sad to say we've got two minutes to the break. So I'm going to let you summarize real quick if there's something that's really passionately on your heart, although what you just said is amazing. I want to come back and talk some more about that when we come back. Um, do you have anything you want to say quickly? The other um, two prayers that from the cross are, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, this is why we can love Jesus, because of that why prayer, those situations uh-huh. we have, and we say, why is this happening to me, God? Well, Jesus went through it, too. There may be a bigger picture that we do not even see in a Job-like situation. Maybe there's a battle in the heavenlies we're not aware of. And yes. then the final prayer is, into your hands I commit my spirit. You know, just as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, here I am, God, here, it, here I am. You know, and I trust uh, you for the reason. I love that. We're going to talk more about committing our spirit into his hands when we come back because you wrote a great chapter and a lot of prayer about how to do that. Um, I want you to remember, listening friends, to, you can find Janet McHenry. And I just looked, if, if you're in the car and you're, or you're on your treadmill, you can punch in looking up Janet and her website will come up first. So all you really have to remember is looking up 
Janet. You don't even have to remember the McHenry, although that will make it easier to find her at the bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. We're going to be talking some more. And this is Truth with a Texas Twang. I'll have all this information on my website at kathycraffy.com. K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. So stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. This is such a great show for me personally. I have always loved to pray, and I I get the fact that it's just a conversation with God. And I'm not real real ritualistic about my praying, so I'm kind of uh, free, and and it's always always been something that I really loved. And so that was where Janet McHenry and I really connected. So we've been talking about all the stuff that you learned, Janet, when you went through this terrible situation of an injustice. And it even went through the court system and, and was reversed on appeal. But you had to survive 
day after day for several years waiting for all that to finally come to justice. And and honestly, when you're in those situations, you don't know if it will go your way. So you had no guarantee that it would. And yet you learned so much about God in the process. So I liked one of the things, one of the chapters in this fabulous book I'm reading about the prayers of Jesus is about committing your spirit to him. Um, and, and I noticed on 151, I have it outlined, into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth, which is from Psalm 31.5. And it's one of the things that you reference in this wonderful chapter on turning our spirit over to him, which is what you give. That's how you define the word submission. You know, I don't like that word very much. <laughs> oh, I, I don't like it either. I don't know. It's probably one of my least favorite words, actually. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, as people, we've, you know, Americans, we've been raised to be strong, independent, sort of go west young man, sort of pioneers. And we think we should be able to control our destiny. And then when it's not controllable at all, we get frustrated and we, we want to try to manipulate a situation or a person in our life. And that's just probably not going to work. Um, ultimately, I think that as we grow in the faith, we learn that releasing, submitting, committing ourselves, that's not a bad thing. If there's less anxiety. We put things in God's hands, even if we have to do that hour by hour. Even if we have to do it over and over again, you know, um, just releasing ourselves into his hands is it's not uh, it's not a bad thing because he is a good, good father. You know, he loves us. He knows what's best for us. And we can put our trust and our faith in him. I think it's easier. Like I've lived long enough to know people will be influenced by my life and already have been. And I've already reported back to me that they have been. And so. It's gotten easier for me to say, Lord, I don't care as much about myself as I care about having that influence for so that other people could know you the way I love you. And right. and know when I was heartbroken, you were the one who was there for me. And when I sinned and and was embarrassed and shamed of myself and felt myself unworthy, you were the one who still believed I was worthy. So that's really what I what I want people to know about. And I've gotten to a place in my life where that's more important to me than anything else. But still, at 60, I thought I would be more spiritual, and I thought it would be easier. I'm just going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I just didn't know. <laughs> I thought there were, you know, I have beautiful older women friends who are so spiritual. And I think, how did they get there? And I, and now I know, well, you know, they just woke up in the morning and made a choice and then they kept making it all day long. <laughs> yeah. And that's not yeah, easy. Moment by moment choice. And, and to, to have a, a lifestyle that where you're in God's word on a daily basis, uh, you're thinking about it, you're meditating on it. Um, you look at life in such a way that you realize wherever you are, there's a need for prayer. And so you develop a praying lifestyle as opposed to just having little pockets of prayer here and there to sort of take care of matters. But you're really in more of a conversation and communion with God all day long. It um, it shows. It begins to show as the decades develop, you know, and uh, lines increases develop in our lives. But I think it's a, it's a good thing, and it can. We can be women of influence. Um 
and I think for me, that's the most important thing for me at this point in my life is that my life matter. Um, that, I think that I do something each day that matters in the life of someone. I love that, and it so shows in your life, and and it showed in your teaching when I was with you day after day, just the way you poured your heart out for the group that of us that you were training, and. And I, I will tell you, one of the things that has spoken to me on this episode already, the combination of these two words, forgive relentlessly. Oh, my gosh, that is so powerful. Right. When Jesus was on the cross and there, there was nowhere else to go, he could have struggled. He could have cried out. He could have said, Peter, get out of hiding. You know, it's John, his best friend. John, where are you? He didn't. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I think I, that is something that is demanded of us as Christians, because that's going to make the difference in our health, for one thing. It's yeah, going to make yeah. a difference in our relationships. It's going to be, be, make a huge difference in terms of the way others see us, those who do not believe the way that others see us, living out our lives of integrity. Well, you know what I love about what you've done, and and I think it's kind of fascinating that you could write a book in the late 1900s, uh, 1900s the late 1990s. Well, I guess that is, yeah, the late 1990s, and have it impact people so that there are now generations of people who are prayer walking and don't even know where they got the idea. And because your book was that influential and put, put it so concisely and so, trans, I call it transferable truth. I got that from Bill Bright. Uh, but anyway, I think it's kind of fascinating. But what I love about what you're doing, you know, they have these mindfulness triathlons now. I learned of them from a dear friend of mine, Colleen Long, who brought it to East Texas. I'd never heard of it. And she was on the show. So if you're listening and you're wanting to know more about that, please contact me if you want to know how to put one on in your community. But what I love about the Mindfulness Triathlon is it brings together the whole community for things that old people can do, like you you walk, you do yoga. Oh, I'm going to forget what the third one is. It's three things you do that old people can do. So I love that. Uh, yo- oh, meditation. Duh. When you know I'd forget that one. So walking, then yoga, then meditation. And you do it as a community together. And it's just beautiful. But what I love about what you've done is you've really, you're offering this to the, to the generation now coming after us who love to combine uh, meditation and prayer and walking and exercise and being outdoors. And they really want their children to have that peace that can come over you when you re- like Colleen talks about it, even as a, a way of uh, getting some freedom from postpartum depression and all these other things that we experience as women, anxiety, there's something about that rhythm of walking and praying and meditating. So talk to me a little bit about what you would like to see for this younger generation of moms, what, how they can benefit. What, you know, my prayer walking experience happened rather accidentally. I began a walking for my health, and I, I was deciding to pray while I walked simply to take care of those mental lists of, of prayer needs that I had and my family had. Uh, and then I saw a young man hand over his little girl to a daycare worker before 6 o'clock in the morning and heard that little girl say, bye, Daddy, I love you. And I knew that God had called me, called me to pray for my community. 
He wanted me to open up my eyes and get outside of my head, get outside of those little pockets of prayer and actually begin to see the needs around me and to pray for the people in my community, business owners, people commuting to work, my uh, students in my classroom. It didn't stop when I, you know, I took a shower and got ready to go to work at the high school. I was praying for teachers and instead of like complaining in the teacher's room, you know, praying through the situation wow. that we're expressing angst about. And so uh, it began to be a lifestyle and that's the passion that I would love to see the younger generation pick up because they're, they are going to be the people who can effect change in their communities because of the, the needs that they see and that they pray about. What's going on with your neighbors? What's happening in your city council? What's going on in your churches? Are you are you getting together and praying? And um, I've had prayer partners, uh, prayer walking partners over the years, but that's just not what's happening right now in my life. And uh, I pray for the schools. I walk around the schools and pray for the teachers by name. I pray for the city council members' names by name. I pray for our county board of supervisors. I pray for the school bus drivers, and you name it. Whatever path God leads me on that day, that's where my prayer focus is. And I've seen amazing changes in my community, and I don't really have time to spell them all out today, but I list several of them in prayer walk and uh, would ha be happy to go into dialogue with people about, you know, change that can happen in your community because you're committed to pray. I really wish we had more time. You know, the great news is if you're listening and you want to have Janet come speak to you, she has a whole page of uh, ways that you can get her to come to your church or whatever. So don't forget that if you're listening and you want to hear more, that's another way to bring her to your community. Uh, and that would be a wonderful thing to combine with a uh, like a, a triathlon. A mindfulness triathlon, having Janet McHenry speak about prayer walking, that's like a perfect combination. So I, I really hate to close this off. We've only got about two minutes left, Janet. I want you to have the last word. I don't want to forget to tell people to go to your looking up Janet McHenry website.com. Just you can you can type in search looking up Janet and you'll find her, but her website's name is JanetMcHenry.com. I'm going to put a blog, and there'll be plenty of information. You can hear these podcasts real easily on my website, kathycraffy.com, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. So I invite you to go there and find and sign up for my blog or whatever that makes you happy. But we have one minute left, Janet. Thank you so much for talking about forgiveness versus condemnation, talking about injustice versus submission and turning our spirits over to God. Is there anything you want to say quickly? Uh, you know, just that uh, if people could get the mindset that wherever they are, there is a need for prayer. And so as you're standing in that Walmart line, and you know, and that mom is having a really hard time with her, you know, uh, fretful toddler, that you could pray, you could offer a kind word instead of condemnation, as you mentioned, Kathy, and that uh, really it is not that hard to shift from um, having a kind of a self-focused kind of life but having a more open kind of life where you're, you're seeing how you can partner with your favor in prayer for your community. Thank you so much, Janet, for being with us. We speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, totally. Got in.